The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... the Titans were a race apart, one step below the gods. In our culture, a handful of poets, artists, and musicians belong in the same high place. And no one best establishes his right to be there than William Shakespeare, who spanned two centuries. Baptized at Stratford-on-Avon on April 26, 1564. Died April 23rd, 1616. Like all great geniuses, a man before his time. As the play I bring you now amply proves. Why, General Othello, I fear it is Provencio. Adulterer, upon my sword point, where is my daughter? Provencio, if you must fight my general, it will be across my bleeding body. Put up your bright swords, gentlemen. For the evening dew will rust them. If it were my cue to fight, I would have known it first before any of you. Is it my skin you challenge for the man? Be assured, in any case, the moor stands ready to answer you. Our mystery drama, The Green-Eyed Monster was especially adapted from Shakespeare's Tragedy of Othello for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Arnold Moss. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Prejudice is as old as man himself. That's a part of this story. The other is one of the greatest tragic love poems ever penned. The fascinating dichotomy of a great man who was too trusting for his own good. And one of the most devious and devastating demons in all literature, whose name has become synonymous with total villainy. The man known as Iago. Rodrigo, I was promised. Promised? from high places among the doges of Venice that I would be second in command. As will you merit, Iago. And suddenly the great general, the Lord High Panjandrum, from his blackbird seat pronounces to me, I have already chosen my right hand. Cassio? Cassio, a Florentine, a fellow who never set a squadron in the field or has been battle-tested. So I, whose sword has more than once saved a fellow's life, as is mine, to be fair, am cast aside. I am retained not as a commander, but as a servant, an ancient, if you will. Not you in the full flush of manhood. You mean an ensign? I am his moorship's ancient, with no more position in the world's eye than a whipping boy. <gasps> For me, I'd rather be his hangman. A dream. There is no remedy. It is the curse of service. Preferment goes by who you know, not what you know. I only disclose to you why I have little cause to love the Moor. I would need no cause to love a black upstart. I would think you had deeper cause of complaint than I. Because of Desdemona? Yes. 
Does it not tear you apart, my friend, that your golden-haired love has been swallowed up by the dark moor who is her master now far more than he is mine? What can I do? Here we are in Desdemona's father's house. He's a senator and helps rule Venice. Let's rouse him to your aid. Rouse him? But, but I... But, but, I, but, does he know of Desdemona's love for the moor? But I, I, I'm sure he... He doesn't know of her infatuation. Then let us surprise him quickly. Come, laggard, must I fight your battles for you? Let's rouse the knight. Awake! Revenge, awake! What ho! Thieves! Thieves! Look, look to your house! What is the matter here? Don't you recognize me? Roderigo! Well, now it all becomes more clear. I told you not to hump my door. My daughter is not for you. Who better would you promise her to? Where is your daughter, senor? Search your house, if you will. You will find your jewel has been stolen. And by black magic. I got you'd better be mistaken. Some service here. Strike the tinder. Bring me a taper. What have we started? I know not yet. But keep my name hidden. Or you shall be the worse. Though I hate a fellow like the hell pains, yet of necessity for the present I must hang out the flag in show of love. And so, farewell, Rodrigo. Guard my name. Uh, as I would guard my life. As your life depends on it. My Captain Othello, in the trade of war I have slain men, but in my conscience this would not have been murder. I lack iniquity to lead me to that. And yet, as Brabantio spoke, I had it in my mind for love of you to sink my dagger in him. Far better you did not, my friend Iago. But he prated in such scurvy and provoking terms against your honor. He will be neither first nor last. My life can only be measured by what I've accomplished. God grant it is enough. I would not care to try to put it to the challenge except for gentle Desdemona. It's only for her... Who comes through the garden so late? Oh, I see who it is now. The servants of the Duke and my lieutenants. Good evening, Cassio and friends. What brings you here so late? The Duke greets you, General, and requires your presence haste post haste. Well, what's the matter? The news from Cyprus. Message upon urgent message from the fleet, and you are hotly called for. Not finding you at your lodgings, the Duke has sent no less than three parties to search you out. I'm glad you were the one to find me. I'll spend only a word or two in the house and straightway join you. Agent, what is he doing at this villa? <laughs> Tonight he has boarded a tiny little craft that if she prove a lawful prize may just have made him forever. I don't understand. Why, he has made Desdemona his. If they are married... Oh, here comes another troop to search for him. What is this uh, General, I fear it is Brabantio. Be prepared. He comes here spoiling for trouble. Upon my sword points and these gentlemen of honor who support me, answer. Senor Brabantio, if you will fight my general, it must be across my bleeding body. Put up your bright swords, gentlemen, or the evening dew will rust them. If it were my cue to fight, I would have known it first before any of you. As for you, good Senator Brabantio, your years command more respect than any weapon. Where will you have me go to answer your charges? Why, to prison until the law can take its course. If it please you, it might not please as much the Duke, to whose side and conference my Lieutenant Cassio has called me instantly. 
have no choice but to move against the Turkish fleet and with dispatch. To this end, I am concerned that Brabantio and Othello are missing from our council since the Lord of Ah, Well, here they are betimes. Forgive me, noble duke, that I come tardy. Valiant Othello, it matters not now that you are here. Our need was urgent to apprise you that we must employ you straight away against the general Ottoman enemy. Uh, forgive me, Signor Brabantio, for not greeting you. We have missed your counsel and your help tonight. Your Grace, it is not my place as counselor or business or even my country's danger that brought me from my bed tonight. I, I have such personal grief that engulfs all other thoughts and swallows all other sorrow. Why, why, what's the matter? My daughter, oh, my daughter. Dead? Yes, to me. Abused, stolen from me, and corrupted by damned spells and medicines of black witchcraft. Who is the man? He stands beside me, charred with the brush of the devil, and possessed by all his evil magic. This alien moor. A beast deserves a name. A moment, senor. Calm yourselves. A fellow, what do you say to this? What can he say, but it is so? Uh, a moment, good Brabantio. Let the man speak. Most potent, grave, and reverend senor, that I've taken away this man's daughter is true. But for one reason only. To make her my wife. Desdemona and I are married. There, there must have been some potion to confuse her. Did you indeed subdue and poison in any way this... Trusting girls' affections? I ask your grace to send for the lady herself. Let her speak before her father. And if you find her answer condemns me, then take away the office I hold with you. Nay, even more. Take away my life. Uh, fetch Desdemona hither. Iago. Yes, my general. You know where the lady is? Bring her here. At once, my general. And while we wait... I will briefly recite to you how I won the lady's love. It is your day in court. Once, her father, Brabantio here, professed to love me. I see now I was a thing to show. Like a tiger caged or some ancient Roman gladiator. He would prod me on to tell the stories of my campaigns of flood and field and hairbreadth escapes of vast caves and parched deserts, of captures and escapes of bloody wounds and heady victories. At many times, Desdemona was there to hear coming and going at our household affairs. And then, as chance would have it, whilst we were alone, she begged me to tell her of all my pilgrimages and campaigns. And all my agonies of youth she heard so tenderly and talked of my life and called it passing strange and pitiful wondrous pitiful. She loved me, you see, for all the dangers I had passed. And I loved her, that she could pity them. This is the only witchcraft I have passed. And now, gentlemen, will await my beloved Desdemona, that she may witness it. Brabantio is your daughter. If you would have her speak, it is your right. Dear father, my life, my education, my upbringing, 
have all taught me to respect you, and I do. You are the Lord of duty. And up till now, I, your obedient daughter. But here's my husband by my side, whom I love dearly. And as much duty as my mother owed to you, preferring you before her father. So much I must owe my husband and my lord. By God, I'd rather adopt a child than beget it. Well, come here, more. I now bestow on you with all my heart what, if you did not own already with all my heart, I'd fight to keep from you. For your sake, Desdemona, I am glad I have no other child. My Lord Duke, I'm finished. If you please, let's on our state affairs. So be it. Othello, no one knows Cyprus better than you. It is our consensus that to stop the Turk... You must leave immediately to handle the defense. Unhappily, a poor time for you to leave your bride's bed. I'm a soldier. I must obey commands. I will leave immediately subject only to knowing that my wife is housed safely and in such style as suits her breeding. If you please, I suggest her father's. No, I'll not have it so. Nor I. Nor I. If it please, Your Grace, may I speak? Yes, yes, speak. How much I love the Moor must be apparent to all of you. Since I am aware that in the act of marrying him and devoting my life to him, I turned my back on fortune and society. My love I trumpet to the world, for I see Othello's visage not in the color of his skin, but in the temper of his mind and the greatness of his soul. And so I beg you, since he is now all my life, let me go with him. Whatever you and he privately determine, but haste is imperative. If it please your grace, my ancient Iago will assure the conveyance of my wife and whatsoever you consider necessary to be sent after me. Let it be so. And Signor Brabantio, may I say, your son-in-law is far more fair than black. Look to her, Othello, if you have eyes. She has deceived her father. And may equally you. The ominous note has been sounded, and the stage is set. It is time now for Shakespeare's most sinister and contemptible villain to move to the center of it and ruthlessly and relentlessly destroy a brave, graceful, trusting man whose straightforwardness is no match for the twisted mind of his evil genius, Iago. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Othello has retired to spend one last hour with his beloved Desdemona before setting sail to organize the defense of Cyprus against the invading Turks. Roderigo, that foolish gentleman and pawn of Iago's, is left alone with him. And Iago first starts his diabolic plot to bring Othello tumbling down to the death of spirit and body that is the price Iago's sick mind demands for Othello's imagined slights. Come, Roderigo, pull yourself together. What can I do now that Desdemona is lost to me? Can I count on your support if I dare to hope? I tell you again and again, I hate the Moor. Go make money, and we shall talk again tomorrow. 
I would not spend a second with Rodrigo except for the use I can make of him and his money. I need a better man for my design. Cassio. In proper time, I'll abuse Othello's ear with hints that Cassio is too familiar with his wife. The Moor is of a free and open nature that thinks men honest if they seem to be. And though I hate the Moor, he holds me in good esteem. The better to make my purpose work. Good, Cassio. Well met. Have you our precious cargo aboard? The Lady Desdemona is safe in my wife Amelia's charge. Throw out the gangplank. Come, my lady, and my own mistress. We're safe to shore at last. Ah, the riches of the ship is coming ashore. All men of Cyprus, offer her your knee. Hail, Desdemona, welcome and most welcome. I thank you, valiant Cassio. But where is my lord? Not yet arrived from his victories, but all is well, and shortly he should join us. How did you part company? Returning from the Ottoman defeat, our ships were separated in a squall. Ah, good ancient Iago, you are welcome. And your good mistress. Forgive me if I welcome her thus. Tis only my breeding allows me this show of courtesy. <laughs> Sir, if Amelia gave you as much of her lips as she does me of her tongue, you might have regretted the impulse. You have little cause to complain. Oh, not I. You rise to play, but go to bed to work. No, oh, if I find it work, then yours is the fault. <laughs> well said, Amelia. <laughs> never let him write my praise. I could do better, given the chance. How would you praise me, Sarah? You are both fair and wise. Fairness and wit. The one's for use, the other uses it. Riddle, sir? Suppose I were black and witty. If you were black and still had wits, you'd find a white that to your blackness fits. Suppose she was fair and foolish. No one who's fair could ever be foolish. <laughs> well said in truth, Iago. That last spoke home. Closer to home, Cassio, than you might have dreamed since it moved you to take her hand in yours. A little web, but enough to ensnare even as big a fly as you. Ah, the moor. I know his trumpet. Yes, it is his ship. Take me to meet him, so I can receive him in my arms. My conquering hero. My fair warrior. My darling. My own. It gives me as much wonder as content to find you here. If I were to die now at this moment, I could not die happier. Heaven forbid. Don't speak of death after you have so roundly defeated him in battle. Now our love can only increase and grow with every measure of the passing day. Amen to that. I cannot speak enough of my content and joy. Oh. Iago, my good ancient, go to the bay, dispark my coffers, see to it what must be done. Come, Desdemona, my sweet, once more, well met at Cyprus. That Cassio loves her, I am now sure. That she loves him? Why, where's the matter there? The girl is a magnet. She could hold a tunnel to her as a dear and loving husband. Now even I am drawn to her, not from pure lust, but lurking in my mind is that this black ram has found his way into my fold. The very thought makes me steel myself the more to even myself with him, wife for wife, or failing that to put the more into a jealousy so strong the judgment cannot cure. 
Don't, Iago. I have an unhappy brain for drinking. And in all the revelry tonight, I've already had more than I should. Oh, man, our gallants deserve it. Yeah, well, where are they? Just beyond the door. Invite them in while I open the wine. Against my better judgment. But the troops deserve relief after the break. One more cup and he will be as full of power as my mistress dog. Rodrigo is well beneath the influence. I see where I can raise some action that will come down on Cassio's head. Fellow soldiers, on duty I am not drunk, observe. Here is my right hand, and this is my left. I can stand well, well enough and speak well enough. Of course, Cassio. Oh, so then you see, I am not drunk. I will stand the wall. Rodrigo. I fear the trust Othello puts in him might endanger our defense. Rodrigo, someone should see to him. Leave it to me. I shall send him straight. <laughs> if he does, he'll make him position to the army. For surely anyone who could do that for Cassio as he presently reels and stumbles would practice spells. <laughs> what, knave and adult brain, you try to teach me my business? I'll cut you to river. Cassio, have a care. He has no head. Cassio, you're drunk, drunk. Let me go, ancient, or I'll knock you over the battlements. I'm mutiny. Stop this barbarous brawl, or he that makes one move will die upon his motion. Silence that bell! By the general's orders, silence the bell! Honest Iago, I don't blame you for looking sick with disgust. Who began this? I'd rather have my tongue cut out than do offense to Michael Cassio. It was nothing, good captain, than a little too much wine before the watch. This good and honest gentleman, Rodrigo, I felt only that with war still abroad, the lieutenant should not try to stand watch. Blinded by the wine, Cassio, a Cassio, from this day forth, you are no longer officer of mine. What's the matter, Othello? All's well now, my sweet. Come away to bed. Iago, see to the young man's hurts. Come away, Desdemona. It is a soldier's life to have his sweetest slumbers racked with strife. Oh, God, what have I done? Are you hurt, Lieutenant? I passed all surgery. I have lost the immortal part of myself. My reputation, Iago, my reputation. Come, you are too severe a moral. I drunk. You or any man may be drunk one time. But I tell you what you should do. Our general's wife is now the general. Reach Desdemona and confess yourself openly to her. Ask for her help. You advise me well. I'm desperate of my fortunes any other way. This way will shape them to the proper end. My thanks. And good night, honest Iago. <laughs> Who is there then to say I play the villain? 
when my advice is free and honest. When devils plan their blackest sins, they first make heavenly show, as I do now. And while this honest fool begs Desdemona to repair his fortunes, I will drop my slow pestilence in her husband's ear. But Cassio lusts only after her body. So I will turn her virtue into pitch that shall in the end tar all as black as the damned Moor himself. If I have any grace or power to move you, sweet Othello, forgive your Lieutenant Cassio. If he does not love you truly, I have no judgment of an honest man. There's the Mona sweet some other time. You know I can deny you nothing. Farewell, my Desdemona. I will come to you soon. And I will wait. Your obedient slave. <laughs> Damn how I love her. And when I love her not, then hell can eat me up. Did Michael Cassio always know of your love for my lady? Of course. He carried messages between us very often. Indeed. Indeed. Well, what do you say in that? Is he not honest? My lord, for all I know. Well, what do you think? Think, my general? My God, he echoes me as if there was some monster in his thought. What is it? No, good my lord, forgive me. Take no notice. Good name in man or woman is their most precious jewel. Who steals my purse steals trash. But who robs me of my good name enriches not himself and makes me poor indeed. By heaven, I'll know what you are thinking. Othello, beware. Beware of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which mocks the meat it feeds on. Guard your heart and pray like me that all our ancestors defend us them from jealousy. Me? Jealous? <laughs> My wife is fair, loves company, sings, plays, and dances, and where her strongest virtue lies, rests in that she has eyes, and still chose me. Oh, no, Iago, I would have to see before I doubt. And if I doubt, prove it. And that will never be. A fellow jealous? <laughs> But the seed has been planted, and with Iago to nurture its growth, will grow and grow and grow. Inevitably, Othello hears a still small echo of her father's words, which will grow and grow to a shout. She has deceived her father, and may equally you. I shall return shortly with Act Three. and gentle and as kind as Othello could have been brought down by the lies and distortions of even so Machiavellian a villain as Iago except for one thing. Othello had an Achilles heel the color of his skin. So like Achilles he was vulnerable and Iago's poisoned arrows at last had found the mark. From now on, it was a matter of carefully fanning the fever to white heat. And the means to accomplish that was a handkerchief. My dearest Othello, 
Your guests away. Are you so fast to be rid of me, then? Not I. Why do you speak so faintly? Are you not well? I have a pain upon my forehead here and here. What pain is that? I fear to think what might be growing there. It is only the strain of battle and constant watching. Come, let me bind it hard with this and it will soon be gone. No, your handkerchief is too little. Let it alone. Come, you shall sit at dinner with me. Oh, my Lord, I do not look as I should. So long as you are where I can keep an eye on you, it does not matter. I had not planned. I hope you had no other plans. Now come at my command and say no more. My lady, you dropped your handkerchief. No matter. I shall put it by. Amelia. Iago. What are you doing here? You left me all alone. I have my duties to perform. And do not chide me, for I have a thing for you. What? Here in my lord's bedroom? Oh, be quiet. It's something you bade me steal for you. A handkerchief. What handkerchief? What handkerchief, indeed. The one that was her first remembrance from the moor. Oh, why, you want it, I... Have you stolen it from her at last? Oh, Maya. No, not even for my husband's favors would I steal. And how came you by it? She let it drop through negligence, and I, being here by chance, picked it up. Here. The very one. Why do you want it so? Give it back to me. Uh-huh. It is so much your favorite of Desdemona, she'll run mad to find it, Lord. Don't let her know you found it, or I had it. Your promise? It's such a little thing. Oh, you have it. My lips are sealed. I'll drop this handkerchief in Cassio's quarters and make sure he finds it. Trifles are monsters to the jealous. Already my poison has changed the more. But now with what seems to be proof. Not all the poppy or mandragora or drowsy spirits of the world shall ever win him back the sweet sleep of yesterday. abroad, my general? Iago, what are you doing here on the walls? Just coming off my watch. I wish I'd known I would have chosen to walk later. My lord is angry with me. Two days now you have kept me from your side. For good reason. You were the one who set me on the rack. I tell you, it's better to be much abused than just to know a little. What sense had I of her stolen hours of lust? I saw it not, knew it not. It didn't harm me. When I knew nothing of Cassio's kisses on her lips, I slept well. But now, forever, farewell, tranquil mind. Farewell, content. Farewell, the plumed troop, the royal banners, and all qualities that made ambition a virtue. Pride, pomp, and circumstance of glorious war. Farewell. The fellow's occupation's gone. Is it possible? Helen, give a living reason she's disloyal. If you would but let me speak. I would you never have. And so do I. Last night, before the watch, I was alone with Cassio in the guardroom where he was asleep. He is that kind of man who mutters in his sleep, and I would that I had not heard, but... I could hear his words. What words? What words? Well, such as, sweet Desdemona, let us be wary and let us hide our loves. And, oh, cursed fate, 
that gave you to the moor. Oh, monstrous. I will tear her all to pieces. No, no. Be wise. These are only words. She may be honest still. And yet... Yet what? Out with it. I may be mistaken, but... Have I not seen in your lady's hand a handkerchief of cambric embroidered about with strawberries? I gave her such a one. Why do you ask? I speak, remember, at your command. I saw such a handkerchief today. Where? I'm sure it was your wife's. Where? In the guardhouse. Cassio used it to wipe his beard. Oh. Iago, blood. Patience. Your mind may change. Never. Let the Pontic see whose icy current, never ebbing, drives relentless through the Hellespont. Even so, my bloody thoughts will ne'er look back. Kneel with me now that I may take oath to those words. <laughs> Within three days, I will hear you say... But Cassio is not alive. Where could I have lost that handkerchief, Amelia? Uh, uh, I do not know, madam. I'd soon have lost my purse. <laughs> I'm lucky that my noble moor is true of mind and gently understanding. What? Is he not like every man? And how is every man? Suspicious and jealous. <laughs> jealous? A fellow? <laughs> I think the sun where he was born dried up all ugly thoughts. Here comes my lord. For once I have him all alone. I will not leave him now till he mends his silly quarrel with poor Cassio. I will be in the antechamber. How are you, Desdemona? I am well, my good lord. Dear heart, I have made bold to send for Cassio to come and speak to him. <coughs> have you a cold? No, just, just something I choked upon. Uh, lend me your handkerchief. Yes, sweet. Oh, no, no, no. Not that one. The one I gave you. I don't have it here. Oh, that is a fault. To lose it or give it away would be a sin that could mean ruin. Oh, no, please don't say that. There's magic in the web of this, woven by a sibyl from silk, from hallowed worms, dyed in the shriveled remains of maidens' hearts. Then would to God I had never seen it. Why? Is it lost? It is not lost, but even supposing well, that it is were. Is it gone? I have told you. Then fetch it. Let me see it. Come. This is a trick to put me from my suit to have you welcome Cassio. Forget him. Fetch me the handkerchief. You'll never meet a more sufficient man. The handkerchief. Talk first of Cassio. The handkerchief. A man who founded all his fortunes on yours. Truly, for once, you are to blame. Death and blood let me away from you before I choke on my own bile. And this is the man who knows no jealousy? I never saw him thus before. I only hope that Cassio can tell me what's amiss. Hear me, Rodrigo. If I have taken your money, it is only for your sake. The Duke has sent advices that Cassio will be governor of Cyprus. If this be so, what chance have you to win her favors? But Desdemona is still wed to a fellow. A tunnel's influence in Venice is on the wane. I promise you he will not stand before you long. Here comes Cassio. Draw your dagger and off with you in the dark to strike the blow which wins you all. If you but dare... Foolish bumbler. I can only hope that a fellow proves more deadly at the death. 
My lord, Othello, no. Cassio and she together? Why, yes. It but... is enough. I want to hear no more. She is asleep. Yes, General? Then leave us now. But leave I. Us. It is because. Let me not name it to you, Chase Stars. It is because. Yet I'll not shed her blood or scar that skin of hers that to my eyes is white as snow. Yet she must die or she'll betray more men. Without the light. And then put out the light. If I quench it, how can it be restored? If I repent. Othello? Yes. Then come to bed, my lord. Have you prayed tonight? Yes. If you think of any crime against heaven solicited to it now, I would not kill your soul unprepared. What is this talk of killing? That handkerchief which I so loved and gave you, you gave to Cassio. No. You're on your deathbed. Beware of perjury. My Lord, have mercy on me. I wish with all my soul, Desdemona, you might have had on me. Then banish me, but don't kill me. Don't strumpet. It is too late. Kill me tomorrow. Let me live tonight. It is too late. What's wrong within? Still as the grave. Shall I let her in? My wife. My wife. I have no wife. Now, should the sun and moon at once go into eclipse, so softly draw the curtains, and it's done. Come in, Amelia. Excuse me, my lord, the foul murder has been done. How's that? Cassio has killed a young Venetian gentleman called Rodrigo. And Cassio killed? No, not he. Not Cassio killed? The murder's out of tune, and sweet revenge grows harsh. Oh, of mine she gave to Cassio. Oh, God, you fool. And Iago has schemed to destroy us all. When you know the truth, I will see you all harmed for the death of my sweet mistress. Help! Help! Summon the God! The Lord has killed my mistress! But how came you, Cassio, by the handkerchief? I found it in my chamber. And Iago on the rack has now confessed he dropped it there, given to him by his wife. What does Iago face? As governor, and with such overwhelming proof as I have to hand, he will not have a pretty death. Enough. Then for myself, in utter despond, let me say what I wish to say most briefly. 
If in the tablets of the future you should set me down, forget my accomplishments in the field. And remember me only as a man who loved not wisely, but too well. And say besides that in Aleppo once where a turban Turk beat a Venetian and reduced the state, I took him by the throat and struck him. That's... over you as you lie still, Desdemona. I beg you remember I kissed you ere I killed you. No way but this killing myself to die upon a kiss. Climax at last reached. This is tragedy at its finest. Inevitable, inexorable, and somehow, in the honesty of all but the central villain, ennobling. I'll be back shortly. This is Lucille Ball, here to make a personal appeal to every American. Since the 1880s, the American Red Cross has been stepping in when there's been big trouble, like a hurricane. But nobody has to tell you the Red Cross is there when a hurricane strikes. So let's talk about the other Red Cross, your neighborhood Red Cross. They teach kids to swim. That's good, Eddie. And they train about every lifeguard on every beach. It's possible to look into it. We can get in touch with the local child. They help veterans get on their feet. They help people relocate after fire. Are you comfortable? Okay. Now relax. They collect and distribute blood. They give a hand to the older folks in your town and do scores of other jobs. It's easy to see why we've got to have Red Cross, and only you can keep Red Cross ready for the little emergencies in your neighborhood. And the big ones. Help keep Red Cross ready. unfair, of course, to leave our tragedy just as it resolved itself for only one reason. That sinister, despicable, unforgivable Iago. I'm glad to report that for those of you who might not know in advance, his punishment well fitted the crime. Since Cassio was governor, and in a sense dictator of Cyprus, it was left to him to dispose of Iago. When all the facts came out, how kind would you have been? Our cast included Arnold Moss, Marion Seldes, Joan Arliss, Court Benson, Ralph Bell, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. It will sell or lose everything. So you see, he's broke. Flat but Now, just a moment. I have the promise of a job, Mr. Otis, a top-flight architectural firm in New York. The promise of a job? Now, look, Jeff, there'll be no marriage. Oh, to... What's that? I don't know. I'm afraid I do. It's, it's the Canterville ghost. The ghost? Come on, Jeff. Come on now. Aren't these tricks of yours getting just a little childish? Now, Mr. Otis, believe me, this is no act. It's the real thing. 
Whenever the ghost moans like this, it means he's going to put in an appearance. And I've seen some of those appearances. Now, Mrs. Otis, Ginny, you'd, uh, you'd better come with me. Oh, where to? Well, anywhere but here. I'm not afraid of the ghost myself. He's never done me any harm, but his appearance can be positively ghastly. And you'd better not see it, either of you. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. This is CBS for the Great Southwest, KOOL Phoenix.